welcome to Not Great with Bethy Squires, the podcast where we uh, canonize this shit and shit on the canon, and we look at all of the trash that surrounds us and we say, you I like, you I hate, you I don't care about, and we just sort it out like we're doing a yard sale. I'm here with Lissa Merwin, the uh, writer of Taco and the Richest, and a friend of mine that we've met um, over the Who Weekly uh, Facebook group, yes. which is a poppin' Facebook group and pretty much 90% of the reason I stay on Facebook. Oh, uh, same. <laughs> um, everybody at my job recently has like quit Facebook because they're like taking some sort of political stance. Yeah, I've and, heard about that. <laughs> like, they still have your data. I don't know... I don't know what you think you're going to be getting out of this. I don't think that Facebook has any information on me that's useful to anybody or interesting to anybody. <laughs> no, I I mean, and like the whole thing is that they want everybody's data because it's about like demographics. So mm-hmm. like my drop isn't really going to affect the bucket all that much, that is, is my opinion. It's true. I'm not quitting Facebook anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk about Vanderpump Rules. Yay. And one reason we're talking about this is because it was Alyssa's birthday recently. Happy birthday. What, uh, how old did you turn? 26. 26. An still accept- in my mid-20s. Still in your mid-20s. An acceptable age to be. <laughs> I think, was that the age that everybody was on the cast when they started the show? Around, like in their yeah, mid-20s. Mid-20s, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now I know what it's like, you know, them starting out. Here's the thing. Uh... I don't think I would have liked this show before I moved to LA. That's true. I mean, well, they make it look a lot more like cooler than it actually is, but it's really not that cool. Like they'll have these, um, uh, these video short, th- you know, the transitions, mm-hmm. and it's like all over Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard, and all that. And it's like, no, this isn't glamorous. It's dirty and it's terrible. I know they'll they'll in their little montages, yeah, they'll go like they'll show the Hollywood Boulevard sign, but they don't show the like homeless person peeing on that sign. <laughs> yeah, they exactly. pan down just a little bit. They would get a guy selling his uh, mixed CD oh my goodness, on the yeah. corner. Yeah, and they're in they're in West Hollywood on Vanderpump Rules. For people who have not seen the show, how do we explain it? How do you explain Vanderpump Rules? That's a good question. <laughs> because most reality shows focus on people who have money mm-hmm. and who are, especially like um, Real Housewives, it's about people that have a lot of money. And it's like their lifestyle. But this show is like about people who... They have they have no money. They're servers, they're hostesses, they're bartenders at this restaurant, um, which is supposed to be a big deal, but it's really not. Um, people just go there because really because of the show. They have no reason to ever come back. Like the we went to Sir for your birthday as I was trying to set up, and then just failed miserably because we just started talking about the montages. <laughs> um, and it was it was great in that. I saw Peter and James Kennedy and Guillermo and just fucking harrowing in every other respect. Like uh, the we're going to like break down the whole evening because it was like a trip. But yeah, it the the decor of Sir, we'll just start there. The decor of Sir, how would you describe it? Um, Very tacky, very tacky, but um, in a chic way. (laughs) It's tacky like, chic. I think it's like part of it is going for shabby chic because they have like a lot of like wood that has been stripped of its varnish and like for some reason like uh, like church doors seem to figure heavily. They have like a bunch of different very old wooden doors. That, that are, seems to be like her kind of aesthetic because Pump is kind of like that too. Pump is like that. And then her house, it it, it is all glass, but then there's these weird rough wooden elements. I always wondered about that, her whole glass house. Her house is... Insane. <laughs> it would be a perfect location for a Purge movie, I feel like. Or that is true. There was this book called In a Dark, Dark Wood um, that was like a... like the thriller novel of like two years ago. And it's like set at like a bachelorette weekend in this like stark modern glass house and then there's murder (laughs) and it's they just keep talking about how ugly the house is in comparison to like how beautiful the woods are and like how exposed everyone feels being in this like 
completely transparent house. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Who would want that? I don't know. Somebody who has so many dogs. (laughs) God. Anyway. Yeah, so it's a show it's a show about the the servers of this place called Sir which stands for Sexy Unique Restaurant, which is the weirdest name first of all. <laughs> and it's called Sir Restaurant. So it's Sexy Unique Restaurant Restaurant. Yes. <laughs> like ATM machine. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it's like. But when we first came in, um, we had they there were people at our table and um, Peter came up and I was really excited and my friend was like it's okay, it's cool, it's whatever. And I'm like, listen, they don't have any shame on the show. I'm not going to have any shame here. (laughs) I was like, Peter, Peter. And uh, I got a picture with him. But yeah, he was just like busting tables a little bit and serving drinks. Like he was working, I think. I think, I don't know, like, because I've worked in food service before and assistant managers do like range on a spectrum between like competent and just sitting at the end of the bar, like updating, maybe updating the restaurant social media, but probably just scrolling through their own Twitter. Mm-hmm. And Peter, it seemed like his only job there was to take pictures with people and then have very pointed conversations with servers occasionally. He would like to get real close and like point. And maybe that was actually doing his job because he was like managing their workflow. But it's unclear. He might have just been like, it's threatening like all of he them. was trying to he wanted people to take pictures with him like you can tell oh 100 like, percent, he wanted people to take pictures and i him. think that he he just like expected people to know who he was i think i don't know but i mean peter always made me kind of sad because his life is kind of bleak um but he's actually attractive so who knew it is he is striking in person it is i'll give him that the camera does not necessarily do him justice and I guess that's why he's still an assistant. He also <laughs> he also did a mini photo shoot with Guillermo because Guillermo was wearing this cowboy hat, <laughs> and Peter <laughs> took it off, and Guillermo started taking pictures of him, and that was amazing. And his whole posture changed, his face changed, his eyes lit up for the first time that we had been there. We had been like sitting there in these chairs that were so low to the ground that my knees were higher. Than my butt, and like <laughs> I did lose feeling in my toes, like oh, my no. circulation was negatively affected by those chairs. And they would fall over when you stood up, and they were so low to the ground, and yet they would still fall over. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. How do you make a chair that falls over more, like that is lower than a real chair and falls over more than a stool? I have no idea. <laughs> truly, truly astounding. But it's, it's funny on the show because Lisa talks about how she wants the service to be perfect. She wants the food to be perfect. She wants the whole ex- dining experience to be fantastic. And it just is not that at all. <laughs> and But it's so on brand that because the show is so messy, the restaurant's messy. The apartments of the cast members are very messy. There's, I don't even know why they like Tom Sandoval still lives in his apartment. Tom and Ariana's apartment is disgusting disgusting <laughs> and the uh the lights go out if you turn on the microwave <laughs> oh god i mean something t- like that i feel like la just has grid issues like like my apartment will do that too and every restaurant that i've worked in here has had electrical issues that like th- things just short on a dime in this town and i don't know if it's just like one of the many consequences of the urban sprawl problem (laughs) at least it's relatable i think that's something about the show is well it's not relatable because no one in their right mind would ever make these decisions uh most people these people do um but they're all kind of broke and so they just they work and some of them don't really work at the restaurant anymore but it's just it was really great watching them all together when they all work together because it was a mess um, and that was great. But now they just go on really long trips together. Yeah, because they, they are no longer broke. Yeah. Like, for the fiction of the show, they're still broke. But I, I heard recently that Jax gets twenty five grand per episode. That's insane. I mean, he has to... In some ways, I understand him needing to be financially compensated for putting himself through and putting everyone else through 
that they trauma. They need to be compensated for the trauma that he's gone They should get hazard pay for working with Jax Taylor. That is true. But the thing is, is that Jax is a horrible person, but he's really fun to watch. He is compellingly horrible. <laughs> uh, There's a difference between compellingly horrible and just horrible. Yes. And I would say, for me, that's the difference between Jax and Sheena. Yeah. Yes can't deal with sheena i just love her delusion it's so fascinating to me because it's so obvious and like everything is just out there and you can just tell what's going on i think that it's so easy to read these people on the show and it's so much like it makes it so much more interesting because they just have these crazy delusions so right in this season uh sheena has just gotten a divorce from her ex-husband who she like yelled at throughout his opiate addiction and like really really vilified him and threw him under the bus for having like a medical condition and i think maybe that's why i hate her so much that's fair that's fair <laughs> she, I don't, to be clear i don't like anyone on the show i like ariana i <laughs> ariana yeah she's uh she's interesting to me <laughs> um but they all are kind of i guess she's not a bad person i guess she's just a little pretentious like when she was talking about her um, uh, comedy or whatever. <laughs> that was great. Um, thing like, I take sketch comedy very seriously. It's like you're on a few shows on, what, college humor or something like that? Yeah, she does stuff with college humor a lot. Yeah, so, yeah, it's really important to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, be, to be fair to her, that that's how you know that she actually does, like, is kind of a comic because, like, Comics take themselves so fucking seriously. That is and, very like, true. So precious and anxious about their art. And like, so in that, it was like, oh, she's like my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Just like shitting on anybody who has like, uh, what, if they feel like they're, the success to talent ratio is off, then that person becomes like the enemy. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, but at least, yeah, she's not a cheater and a liar and... <laughs> I mean, the season got really dark when she talked about how her boyfriend's never made her orgasm before. I mean... (laughs) On TV. Are we surprised? (laughs) It was really, really dark to me. I just feel like I felt for both of them in that situation, and I can't believe that they talked about that. I just... the the, It's just the lack of self-awareness and, like, the level of shame that just really holds the show together, I think. Yeah, if if anybody like would take a moment to think about the repercussions of being on this show, it would there just wouldn't be a show anymore. But that's what's so interesting because you see, like on a lot of reality shows, they really try to hard to um, make themselves seem better or um, more interesting, and they kind of try but they fail every time, which is really funny. <laughs> It's great. Um, so, <laughs> something that when I was first starting to watch Vanderpump Rules, I was really struck by how entrenched they they all still are in like gender norms and like the idea of hanging out with your boys or like girls' nights versus how you interact with your partner. It felt so alien to me, and I couldn't tell if it's because like back home in Indiana I was like very entrenched in like queer culture the majority of my friends were queer and then like the straight couples were all like best friends with their partners and like everybody hung out and were like in bands together this like girls night versus guys night thing wasn't real and I can't tell whether I'm the outlier or whether they're like practically in like the 50s yeah i think that vanderpump rules is like the epitome of straight culture where your partner is not really your friend and you don't really like them kind of your enemy yeah and your friends are like your real like the loves of your life loves of your life because tom and tom are like way closer than tom and katie they just they and they support like their friends no matter what but they'll throw like their partners under the bus and it's just really bizarre but that's just i don't understand it i don't get it like when when Kristen and Jax slept together it took tom sandoval maybe three episodes to forgive 
jacks yeah that's true it's like oh well we were behind the bar a lot and we just started talking and you know i can't be mad at him and and he is just now talking to Kristen again like four years later that's what i don't understand is that this group is so they're so involved in each other's lives even off camera um and it's obviously more so on camera but um they just they they've been through so much together and i i mean if i was because Tom and Kristen were together for like five or six years. And if like I knew that that uh, someone I was with for six years cheated on me with my best friend, I'd never talk to them again. I would never talk to either of those people. Never again. again. And but and so when I was watching the show, I was like, how are they ever going to come back from this? But in a few episodes later, they're best of friends. And it never gets brought up anymore. Like they'll they'll talk about how Kristen cheated, but they won't say with jacks like yeah. that part of it somehow gets omitted and that's crazy <laughs> and that's one thing that jacks brings up a lot he's like everybody in this group has done like the same kinds of things but it's not as to the level that he not has to the extent there's he no has done so much damage <laughs> there are orders of magnitude to what jacks taylor has done <laughs> that is true i i am uh watching this current season and then like when I exercise, I watch the show because I feel like I'm I'm watching the show is, is very bad for me. So I have to do something good for me in order to like offset. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. It's like buying carbon offsets. Um, so I'm at the beginning of season four or five right now where I guess it's, it's five. I'm at the beginning of season five where Jack starts a rumor that Brittany and Kristen were like, together yeah that Kristen was eating Brittany out (laughs) that's like how the season started out yeah that's like the first thing anyone says in the season and it is truly wild I don't even understand I mean I believe that they made out but I don't know I think that Jax is just really insecure and just wants to cause loves to start a rumor he loves spreading gossip he's the biggest gossip I think I've ever seen definitely and um, I think he just, I mean, they're all trying to get more time on the show. They want to be on the show. They want to have storylines. And they they do that kind of, I think they do those things because of it. And it makes it really interesting. <laughs> but I just can't imagine, like, starting, like, that kind of a rumor with, about your partner. And then, and the like, partner staying with them. <laughs> look, we don't have... We don't have the time to try and figure out why (laughs) Brittany is still invested in this relationship. Honestly, who knows? It is. We'll just never understand. But I think that um, the the thing about it is that I I never I watched The Hills back in the day, and then I kind of went through a phase where I thought that reality TV, like I'm too smart for reality (laughs) TV or whatever, and it's like you know what I just. I enjoy things and I don't need to prove to anybody that I'm like I'm actually smart too (laughs) because it's like it's my thing that I like it's like I like celebrity gossip I like reality tv it's like yeah and I also like you know reading books like actual books (laughs) (laughs) like Lala oh my god (laughs) someone gave Lala a copy of the fountainhead and she's like I read books now I really feel like she didn't read more than a page of it no because she says it's about architecture yeah it's it's about architecture architects it's like what (laughs) no i read i i don't read uh the fountainhead but i i (laughs) I read books um and um and i i don't know i just feel like it's really compelling to me it's interesting to see what these people will do in front of the cameras that i know that they 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 do more. They're more extra on cameras than they are in real life because they want to be on the show. Because when I met James Kennedy, he was super just... I did hear him say, um, I'm James fucking Cam- Kennedy, which was great. But what? Yeah. Not to, to me. To whom? Was it like into Some the girl. mic? No, he was just oh. yelling at somebody. Like, not like mad, just like... Oh, I'm sure she was like, can you just say you're James fucking Kennedy yeah, really, really quick? So. Um because yeah like you had to like go up and say like can I take a picture but he was back there he was playing music I, I the thing about DJs is that I don't really know a good DJ from a bad DJ they all seem pretty much the same to me yeah, I think for me my criteria for a DJ is like are you facilitating the vibe are you playing songs to get the people moving to be fair to James 
Surrey is not a place where anyone is going to dance. So, like, whether or not the dance, like, the area near it is crowded has more to do with who he is as a person than anything he's going to play. And then the other one is, how are the transitions between songs? And there was one moment where James let just 10 seconds of dead air. (laughs) I didn't even realize that. Yeah, there was just this moment where there was just, like, no music. And I was like, oh, honey, no, come on, come on. Um... I, I used to do radio back in high school and like would uh, be working in the station, like especially if it was like a like Christmas or Thanksgiving break or something and I would have like extra shows. So I would just have to fill air and I will still get stress dreams that there's dead air. <laughs> and I need to put something on. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that would I would notice that, too, then if I were you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I wasn't, I, I didn't notice that. That was really funny. Yeah, there's just silence. But it, I mean, it wasn't silence because they never turned off the other music. Oh, yeah. That is really weird. Like, he had his own PA that was blasting music. And then the restaurant had different EDM playing. And uh, I felt like I was having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> the whole restaurant is just a total mess, but it's so great. Um, and I think Lisa's a genius because... She made it a really uh, shitty restaurant um, and made it like a really big deal that people want to go to. And um, actually, you know, the server was the one girl. I don't know if you remember from, I don't remember, it was this season or last season where Lisa quizzed her to be a, mm-hmm. because uh, um, she wanted to be a waitress and that was our waitress and she's terrible. <laughs> but they all are. They're all like experts at avoiding eye contact so they don't have to come over to your table. They'll take one drink order go back come back like 10 minutes later (laughs) and it's like uh, everybody needs something but they don't just like go around the table it's just like not what they do well they have no incentive to because it is it's just like it's a theme park they know that they're going to capture this much of your money um and you said that that to reserve a table you had to like guarantee that everyone would spend like a certain amount of money everyone had to spend like 30 dollars each and they just two cocktails yes exactly and um that was very, yeah, they were very um, adamant about that. And um, they, uh, oh man, what was I going to say? <laughs> um, but, it, and so like there's, because everyone is only ever going to come to Sir once and because there's always people coming to Los Angeles for the first time who want to get, let's go to Sir, that they have no reason to try and create repeat customers. They have no incentive to actually provide service or like flavor or like a value uh somebody in our in our group ordered the goat cheese empanadas and somehow we got the goat cheese balls which are like famous on the show they always show the goat they balls. always talk about the goat balls. always talk about the goat balls and on the show the goat balls are like they're not the size of like a tennis ball but they're like the size of they're like a little bit smaller than a tennis ball like a like maybe the size of um like a jawbreaker and the the goat cheese balls that our friend Leah got were the size of grapes. What? And there were three of them, and that was eleven dollars. Oh my god, <laughs> that is insane! I got props to Lisa. She's a genius. I love her. Um, that's just crazy. Do you think that somebody sets fire to Sir or Pump every time they want to redecorate? Uh, I think there is definitely an arsonist on the loose somewhere. I think we all know who that could be. Because <laughs> there was a fire in the restaurant, and um, it was, I think it was Ariana's creepy brother that put oh. out the fire. And uh, maybe she, I think that maybe, this is my conspiracy theory, that Great. she, that Lisa started the fire, <laughs> and she told, that she said to Jeremy that she, like, like paid him off to put out the fire and be a hero and have his own storyline on the show (laughs) (laughs) and she gave him this storyline with billy and um but it turns out he's a total creep um but he put out the fire um he was the only person there at the time which is so he probably was paid to both start and stop the fire yes because they got all this like insurance money and they redecorate everything and then there was a fire at her house too i think great so there's definitely an art, um, arsonist on the loose. We don't know who it is. It's Jeremy Mattis. <laughs> it, it is Jeremy. It's Ariana's creepy brother. I just want to put out here, one, it's, it's Ariana's brother, and two, this is satire. This is satire. 
anything we say here is transformative under copyright laws and also is clearly a joke. <laughs> Just to be clear. <laughs> um, we need to talk about Billy, Billy Lee. She is the new hostess at Sir. She is trans, and I feel like she exists only to be a token. She is the only representative of the LGBTQ community on the show. Unless you believe the rumors about James. Oh, that he's gay. Well, that he, like, made Bisexual. out with Logan. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, I mean, he probably did. I know, yeah. I mean, and Jack's made out with dudes, too. I think they just get drunk and will make out with anybody. I mean, Kristen and Brittany. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So in a way, it's like a very queer positive show. Just kidding. <laughs> Just Can kidding. Imagine? <laughs> um, but Billy, the problem with Billy is that she is so fucking boring. And I know some amazing trans women who would ruin this show and like really bring it. And and just like ruin it in a good way. Yes, like just start <laughs> start all of the fights. Like to that would like bring a, a a breath of fresh air in the same way that Lala and James did when they were brought in in season four. Somebody who would really stir shit up. And they're not gonna let the token trans person do any of that because she's just there to be accepted. And she has to be like, oh my god, thank you so much. So so nobody is ever gonna pick a fight with her. Because then, like... they're so woke. Yeah, because then, then it's, like, going to seem like they're transphobic. But it's, like, no, actual, like, equity amongst all genders is being able to, like, have personal beef with people based on the content of their character. Basically, if they really do believe in LGBTQ rights, they need to start fights with everybody, regardless of their orientation. Absolutely. <laughs> that is the basis of the show. And it would, like, bump up visibility on the show because then Billy would be on the show more. Exactly. That's, it's not, it's funny to see the the, the people on the show go from being, in, you know, it's, when did it start early, like, 2011, yeah, the, something yeah, like that. 2011 um, sounds They right. were not woke at all. Woke, quote unquote. <laughs> and um, they were constantly... I remember one time they went to um, a, a male strip club and the men in on the show were very like, clearly uncomfortable. And then as the show... Like, they were very uncomfortable to be there. They didn't want anybody to... They didn't... How, like, nobody could possibly think that they were gay or anything. Like, they were just very adamant about that. And then as the show went on, um, people got more and more woke, and so now they pretend to be like, um, I don't know, they pretend to be woke bays. And, um, but I mean, we all go through stages, I think, um, not everybody, but like, um, real, I think, especially like, like going to college, you're exposed to more people until you become more open-minded about things. But they are like old enough to where they were like, shouldn't be so, close-minded and they I don't know they just kind of became these like especially Ariana very like very clearly pushes it um but it's all kind of feminism 101 and, <laughs> and all that and it's very basic stuff so God, especially like, Lala figuring like Lala discovering feminism this season is wild it is truly wild because she doesn't know what she's talking about it's good but it's also very basic feminism where like we all have to stick together and you know men are gonna screw us over and we need to be together and not screw each other over and it's but then she will end up screwing over other women and And, (laughs) doesn't feel bad about it the best is that she'll be like trying to explain her new like solidarity kick and like someone will try and talk over and she'll be like shut the fuck up this is about solidarity (laughs) like i think she was like screaming at like sheena or something she was like no no we're gonna be friends god damn it you fucking whore like she was like (laughs) screaming at them it was so choice and and something that they've all done like i remember one it's like one of the season finales where uh james like has a complete meltdown uh jacks like wants to start a fight and Brittany is stopping him and she and he is yelling in her face you don't talk to women like that you don't fucking talk to women like that he is two inches away from her face (laughs) screaming like neck veins <laughs> throbbing about how you oh don't disrespect women and it's like oh my goodness that's gosh. basically like a good depiction of the show it's just messy and it's fun 
and you kind of uh, I mean, I don't believe in, like, checking your brain at the door for anything because there's always, like, things that you can... You don't want to just shut your brain off ever when you're, like, taking in any kind of media. But you can have things that are fun and that, you know, like, you don't want to be like these people. <laughs> you don't look at them as role models. If you checked your brain at the door, you'd be like, these are, like, my heroes. And they're not They're not heroes. <laughs> they're not great people. <laughs> but I think of it as, like, reality TV as being... It's a lot like sports to me because it's basically useless, but it's entertaining. And there's really no point to sports except to make money off of it and people watch it and they get excited about it. But it's just a bunch of people they don't know fighting over like a ball. Yeah, it's brand loyalty <laughs> yeah, and writ so large. It's, it's not like sports is not a, you know, um, it's not smart it's not intellectual but nobody like really talks about like to men they're like oh you know that's stupid they don't feel stupid talking about it they feel like they're Mm -hmm. they know things about the world and they don't it's just sports i don't have anything against sports i don't have anything against reality tv but it's basically the same because it's it's really pointless but it's fun to different people (laughs) (laughs) i think something that i didn't realize like until i came here is like Part of one reason I think that all of them have stayed friends for so long is because it's like the first people that you met when you moved to LA. And like when you do first move here, you imprint on like your first roommate or whoever you met at your improv class, like a duckling. And they're like, they're like, you're constant, like on Lost. (laughs) I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really talk to the people I first met here because some of them are just bad people. And I just (laughs) cut them out of my life. Um, Then I found good people. but yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, like, because Jacks, Tom, and Tom all lived together for like years. They've known each other forever. But that's what I don't understand about them just screwing each other over all the time and just like just cut them out of your life. It's it's yeah. ridiculous. Well, Stassi tried, and it went she really tri- bad. But she tried because of a guy who she- is the the worst person on the show. I fully believe he's because he is not just Jax is Jax is horrible he's a horrible person (laughs) but he's fun horrible he's great to watch he makes great tv Patrick Stasi's boyfriend who she's not with anymore is disgusting and he's useless he just comes in smirks he thinks he's so smart he thinks he's too smart to be on the show he's super pretentious I was always like using big words and just just because he, I think he likes it when she's like, what is that? What is that? And she, like, dumps herself. She's not stupid. She, mm. it's like, she doesn't, well, <laughs> she, she, she shouldn't act like, I mean, she, it, there's context clues. You know what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. So she, I think she just, that's kind of, like, their thing. Um, but they're not together anymore. But, um, yeah, he, um, he's the worst. He is the worst person on the show. <laughs> Do you follow any of them on social media? I follow most of them on Instagram. But that's it. I, I feel like it's too much. I feel like I have too much of them in my life. <laughs> and it's just like I need smaller doses. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only follow Ariana. So I want to close out uh, this section just reading uh, the caption of her latest uh, Instagram story. Okay. So it's her, it. it's her in bed. Oh, uh, my God. At, it says 5.06 a.m. on the clock function. It's very dramatic looking. This is so relatable, all of it. Went to bed so early and still can't sleep. Season four chef's table was supposed to be relaxing, but it's actually way too exciting. Used to live catty corner from Som and Milk Bar, and now I'm sad for my NY days and hungry. Strongly relate to Christina Tosi being an overachiever my whole life and now not knowing what to do with, with that. So, like, that's pretty bleak right there. That is bleak. Jeez. Uh, I think I want to move to another country and be a new person. (laughs) You can't just become a new person moving to a new country. You're still going to be the same person. You're just going to be in a different place. Ariana needs to go witness a murder so she can get put into witness protection. Ooh, she could rat out her arsonist brother. (laughs) Get put in witness protection. JK, for now, just going to Pinterest my new me. Anxiety and my intense fear of death kicking in hard now. So looks like sleep is not coming soon. Oh my god, that is so bleak. <laughs> That's dark. Wow. I mean, who hasn't like watched a Netflix documentary 
measured yourself against a very successful chef and then remembered that they're going to die someday. Like, this is all very relatable content. I don't think I'm ever going to be sad enough to post an Instagram story that's all black with white text and talk about my uh, existence. I I don't think I'm ever going to die. So in a way, it's not relatable to me. That's true. That's true. So we've come to the the second part of our discussion. Uh, we are we're talking now about the thing that the rest of the world thinks is good that is actually trash. Listen, what is trash? Game of Thrones is trash. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> I've been wanting to say that for so long. <laughs> it feels so good to be able to just you know live my truth and just be honest with the world. It I'm not sucks. It yeah. just sucks. <laughs> I'm not a fan of most prestige television. Um, I kind of avoid watching it for my own mental health because I I like watching, for, with the exception of Anna Pump Rules, I like watching things where I could see myself being friends with them, because like psychological studies have shown that like if you have a show that you like repeat watch, you watch every week, it has what are called parasocial benefits. So it's like it's not actual social. Uh, interaction but it, it and in your brain your brain thinks that you actually have friends oh no <laughs> i'm screwed back to bleak <laughs> um but i don't want to be friends with pretty much anybody on game of thrones well actually vanderpump rules is kind of like game of thrones because they're always okay it, but instead of you know causing drama they just kill each other <laughs> um no i mean i like People like different things than me, and I'm not going to say it's good or bad or whatever. People like to enjoy things, and that's fine. But when they try to make me feel like shit, like, I don't I could never possibly understand, like, what it's about and, like, <laughs> what, you know, how, what's going on and just about, like, how it relates to, like, life and whatever. Oh, my God. It's so stupid. Um, because I read most of the, the books for the Game of Thrones books, Song of Ice and Fire, for all the people that are sticklers about that. <laughs> um, I read all of them except for the last one. I watched the show, and I read the book before I watched the show. The first book I read it before I watched the show. Then I read the rest before, while it was still keeping up with the book. Um, and I liked to watch it because I liked the book. Because the book is, the books are very boring. But they have these great moments where just shit goes down it's great it's amazing it's like all this stuff happens all at once once everything's been building to that moment it's that um just it's the build-up it's like the the it's tense and it's you know exciting and it's just like you know something's about to go down and that's what makes it worthwhile because you're not expecting it and it's just a build-up it's a long build-up but the payoff is good which is good writing um and what isn't good writing is when it's like you know those moments on the show when everyone freaks the fuck out mm-hmm. and they talk about it nonstop. They can't stop talking about it. It's all over social media. It's like, let's have that every single night. And so there's no build up to it anymore. It's just thing after thing after thing. Like it's crazy. It's like, you can't go anywhere from there. There's no build up, So the, the excitement is gone. And I stopped watching it when they had the part, um, where, um, uh, there was a, a part with Jamie and Cersei that was like not in the books and I was like you know what I don't want to do this anymore because they basically like took her agency away on the show um, and it wasn't in the book so it's like it was an obvious like I don't know obviously trying to take her power away okay was- so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna spoilers and content warning <laughs> That's spoilers true. spoilers content warning because I'd rather just talk about it you're talking about the scene with the sexual assault? Yes. Yeah. And, and that's just not in the book. And in the book, no. isn't it like, I, I saw like um, scans of the book on Twitter, like when that happened. And like, it's a very tender, like, you know, for an incest thing, like a very tender lovemaking scene. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not a sexual assault. It's just two people who would like have sex next to their dead son. Just like normal stuff. Normal stuff. But so that's why it's like, is it not, you know, um, impactful enough or crazy enough or just like, um, interesting enough as it is, but it's like, you also have to blatantly try to take that power away from her, even because in the book, she's so much, she has so much more, um, 
agency and power than Jamie. She just does. She has like a hold on him. And so I, they wanted to kind of like shift that that power dynamic. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm just done. It just is like if it was in the book, that'd be one thing because there's always a point to the things in the book. It's like there's a there. But in, in the show, it's like they're doing that on purpose. They're purposely just like just for titillation. That. Yeah. And I didn't appreciate that. And then I just started to realize, like, you know what? This show actually isn't good. <laughs> um, and so that's what happened. So when people say things like, um, that if I don't like it, they're just like, oh, you just don't get it. You don't get it. It's like, you need to keep watching it. And it's like, I've done everything that I can do to get into the show. And I was, and I'm done because it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, there's something really annoying about personal, like, preferences being... It, like you can just not like something and understand it fully and people think that everyone thinks that their personal preferences are objectively good because that's just how human brains work but um there there is a certain type of person who will just be like my opinions are right and if you don't have them it's because you don't understand it and that'll come up a lot i'm just going to rattle off a few things it looks like game of thrones David Lynch, almost any crime movie. Westworld. I love Westworld. I get why other people don't, but I the things that I like about Westworld are not, I think, the things that the show is. Um, I'm very interested in their theory of cognition, like how they think that the human mind, like how how uh, Anthony Hopkins' character or any of the those people's. Um, the robot makers think that the human mind works because they create all this like AI and like robot brains uh, trying to make it seem as human as possible. So they obviously think they understand how the human mind works and they super don't. (laughs) (laughs) That, yeah, I can see that. But when people are, they, because it's, it's fake deep and it is, Mm -hmm. people like to feel like they're smart after they watch something, but those shows are designed to make them feel smart, but it really is saying nothing. So when I say I don't like it, they think I must not be deep enough to understand it. And it's just not the case. It's not smart writing. It's just entertainment. It's made to be entertaining. It's made to get you to watch it. And that's the same with Netflix shows too that people forget is that people don't even have time to watch movies anymore, but they'll watch episode after episode of a Mm -hmm. TV show. And it's because... Netflix is really good at making entertainment that is bingeable. Um, there's always a cliffhanger. You have to keep watching. You have to know what happens. Everybody's talking about it. Is it good? No. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what that it's it's like the games that you play on your phone. Like they're not good games. They're not fun. But they're designed to make you keep playing. So it's not really fun. It's just that they're kind of tricking you. Um, but you know if that's what you enjoy, that's fine. But it's like if it's something that um do you feel like it's just too you're too intellectual for people to get like rick and morty fans (laughs) can't even get into that (laughs) then you have a problem because it's made to be entertaining Uh, if you want to learn something watch a documentary um this stuff is just it's just for fun and and like even like especially like netflix documentaries those are also just made to be entertaining like they're shaping the narrative all the time and like definitely trying to make it as hooky as other stuff i really like what you just said equating like game of thrones with candy crush it basically is (laughs) it's not good but it'll you know you'll tell all your friends to watch it Candy, Candy Crush requests, all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I know, because like there have been times where I thought I was going to be able to make when you, <laughs> you know, on Candy Crush where you can um, match. This is in soda specifically, which I feel is really the Breaking Bad of the King Games <laughs> series, uh, where you can get, is it five in a row, and then one below it, and it'll make like the the candy that'll turn every all all the candy into the same kind when you when you think you're gonna get one of those and you don't that's like the same gut punch as the red wedding really when you think it really is you know if you just boil it all down that's really what it amounts to you think you're gonna get that that really magic candy and instead your mom's throat gets cut (laughs) (laughs) it's the same feeling it really is and um but I think that people who are, it's not really the 
if you like Game of Thrones, that's fine. Just don't take it too seriously. It's not supposed to be taken seriously. It's entertainment. It's not smart. It doesn't make you smart. It doesn't make you an intellectual. Uh, it doesn't make you deep or interesting. Um, do you think there's anything that does make you deep or interesting? Or do you think it's not what you like? It's like who you actually are as I think a person. It's who you are, but people, they don't want, you have to kind of, to be that, I think you have to invest in that. And I haven't, but I'm not going to pretend that I am. Like you have to invest in like the, taking the time to really learn things and read books like La La and, <laughs> and <laughs> we all have to read more like La La, La. <laughs> and um <laughs> I don't know it's like I don't know what what it takes but I know that it doesn't take watching Game of Thrones and I think that the worst part is the fans because it's like you know things that are like um uh, Things that are like Game of Thrones and Rick and Morty and Fight Club, they all have similar things that they're good. They're inherently like they're good, like entertaining, um, but they all kind of suck because what they do is, is like if you meet a guy and his favorite TV show is Game of Thrones or his favorite TV show is Rick and Morty, you're probably going to have problems because he probably looks at the male characters as being... Um, the protagonists like the heroes when they're really supposed to be flawed it's obvious that they are and it's ridiculous to like say and and same thing fight club too fight club is if a guy has a fight club poster in his room run just run, run. it's terrible Burn the house to the ground <laughs> it's just those things where it's just uh, they they i think identify with those those characteristics and they tell themselves that it's not that bad because they're like this person and people don't understand them because they're you know they're just like this character um which just isn't the case because well oh god and it, breaking bad too i should have mentioned that too um most men just like they're they're just they're, they have no redeeming qualities they're just <laughs> terrible people so just be careful out there i am um, i knew like a real fight club fan in high school and i recently found out that he has a kid and oh, no. it shook me to my core i was like i i couldn't stop thinking about it for like days that wow. he is a child now. I um I, I remember in college everybody had every guy had a um every uh, the guys that were in the um uh it's the secular student alliance basically a bunch of you know um people who think religion is stupid and all that stuff because I was in like the progressive groups and that was one of the progressive groups <laughs> and it was all just a bunch of guys who thought they were smarter than everybody and every single one of those guys had Fight Club poster in their room they had a Dexter poster in their room. Oh, no. <laughs> it was all the same thing. It was terrible. The Dexter poster I find really chilling. Um, <laughs> As you should. We're we're like a little bit different in age. I'm 29, you're 26. So there, there were no Dexter posters in uh, my college dorms. It was Fight Club and Boondock Saints. I was going to mention that too. Yeah. Yes, that was a big one. But that one is so pro-Catholic. Maybe those secular guys just weren't into it. I really don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what was going through their heads. I just know that their their choice of deck decor in their apartments was not great. <laughs> but um, yeah. But those things are all like Game of Thrones doesn't have like Game of Thrones sucks. It does. Um, a lot of things that are you know good kind of suck. But it's um, you have. It's just like the 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 fans it's like the idea that it's actually really smart and intellectual when it's really just really bad writing now the writing is terrible um they don't know what they're doing there's just no and you were saying before that like the show was working for you as far as it was like following they had this blueprint of the books yes and that as they got to where they were about to overpass the books is where you thought things were really going off the rails. They did. They started before that, though. I think that they were just, like, so drunk with power they wanted to make <laughs> it their own thing. You know, like, there's always those writers and directors who, like, take a source material and they're like, but I want to make it my thing. Mm-hmm. So they change everything. But it's like, I mean, most of the people who watch Game of Thrones now aren't the people who read the books when it used to be, like, in the beginning. Because I, I started watching it, yeah, the first season. Um and it was, I mean, it was a big deal, but it's not like it is now. Um, and, um, yeah, so they veered away from that. And the thing about the books is that the characters are all terrible, which was made it really interesting because there was no clear protagonist. In the show, it's obvious that, like, Jon Snow is the protagonist. He's the good guy. <laughs> and um, the girl, oh, I don't even remember her name, Daenerys or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
um, she's like, you want her to win. In the show, I mean, the books, they all are terrible people, and you don't want any of them to win. Um, and the good people, the people who are actually good, they die. That's what happens. That's what happens to every character that's good. So now it's like that they have these very clear heroes. Um, Jon Snow died. Didn't he come back? Yeah, he did. But like that proves that he was a good person is because he died and he got like a sad death. Oh my god! But then because they need a protagonist, he got to come back. (laughs) I hate that in shows when they kill off a character and it's like you know that they're kind of gonna come back. I can't take that anymore. I just I used to watch a lot of like drama, like dramatic TV, and I just it got so exhausting because you know what's gonna happen, Um, and it's just all terrible. (laughs) It's just really terrible. I just (laughs) watch Vanderpump Rules. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I there's something the shows that I like the most it, I don't know if it's that they don't take themselves too seriously or whether they like bite off more they they can chew and just like try and do too much, but there's something very cool about a show that is like so bad it's almost like innovative, like you had no idea that that could be a thing that you see on TV like, until it happens. Like what do you, what? I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think about, like, stuff that's happened on, like, Vampire Diaries or, like, I personally am not a huge Gotham fan, but I've heard so many crazy things about what happens in Gotham. Because it's not really that popular, though, isn't it? Isn't it, like, always in danger? Of, I like, think it's always games? on the bubble, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess they have more... That's Those are, like, the best kinds of shows that are, like, um, always almost, like, gonna get canceled. They just... So they just they go know, balls they, to the wall. Yes, exactly. It's great. Um... And that actually can inspire some um, innovation because when it's a show that's doing well, it's like they have to play it safe, you know. Um, they have to bring back their protagonist that they just killed. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you know, in the beginning, because like Game of Thrones did something really innovative by killing off who you think is the main character. Obviously, everybody knows that by now. Um, and uh, but from there on, it's like where can you really go from there? They, you know, had some, like, really great moments, but then as soon as they got away from that and the fans got insane, then it just went down. <laughs> so it's just not good. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm still circling back to the idea that, like, I think that... I don't know if it's because I used to have a live journal and, like, the way that you could find other people on live journal was from your, like, common shared interests, mm-hmm. but there's some part of me that's still like wants to believe that there is something that you like that liking it proves that you're deep i know that's not true it's like it's definitely some sort of con (laughs) of of like capitalist consumer culture that you are your interests but like come on there has to be something like the but i think that that's what those um that's what they make you know that's what they do that's how they make their money is creating something that makes people feel like they're deep and that they get it but it's but they can't have it too confusing because then they'll feel stupid and then they won't watch it anymore so it's a fine line of like fake deepness that makes them feel smart and i don't know anything i can't even even things that are like people say are smart if you think about it they're probably not (laughs) it'd be their their content you know and it's there's stuff that is very good and very interesting and things that really open up the conversation. Um, but liking those things doesn't mean you're like smart and pure and good. And I think that what bothers me to know it, um, the, I'm going to talk a shit about guys again. Yeah. Men in general, and <laughs> I'm going to generalize about them. No, men that are like in, especially like film school and like, do like make movies and whatever they always have like their favorite directors and it's always the same it's always the same movies always same directors and um it's it I think some of those things are supposed to they feel smart like like you said like David Lynch makes them feel smart even though those movies make no sense and they suck and um and things like like Wes Anderson like but what liking Wes Anderson does not make you a film connoisseur (laughs) especially when it's like my favorite movie of his is Grand Budapest Hotel it's like wow that's really original um or they'll they'll say that their favorite movie is Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind which is a great movie but it's like that it's it's they think I think it's one of those things where they think that it that makes them deep and I knew someone who who um Favorite, his favorite movie was Blue Valentine. It's like, that doesn't make you interesting. 
That's a terrible movie. I it's forgot so about sad. Blue Valentine. It's I completely so forgot it existed. Good. It's so sad. It's like that. You can't just say that you like a movie just to make yourself sound better because no, we know that nobody that's no one's favorite movie <laughs> i think the the thing that bums me out the most are the people who like like the scorsese or like coppola those crime movies where it's just like a, a guy with a gun thinks about maybe i shouldn't shoot people anymore and then he either shoots like 10 more people or gets shot that's all of those movies that's it's like a- one guy with one gun going hmm, maybe no gun and then then more gun happens and <laughs> more gun happens that is very true and that's it's been fine. played out it, like, all those <laughs> things it's like we should those are like you know the godfather and like taxi driver are, like always movies that people refer to as being like the best but it's like and they're good don't get me wrong but we need to like build off of the good movies out there and make new movies, make new things that are like not the same thing because we can't really, we don't, we shouldn't be making those kinds of movies anymore. Yeah, those movies we've shouldn't made be, those movies. Yeah, they shouldn't be as important to us now as they, as they are, um, where it's like they're on the top of every list. And it's like, if those aren't the top of your list, like if The Godfather's not on the top of your list, then it's, you know, Then it bad, better be Citizen Kane or you're yes. fired. <laughs> but like, I mean, those movies were good for their time and they still are good but you we've seen them the the things that they started in those movies we've seen so many times before that it just doesn't resonate with us anymore so it's kind of like we have to make new things we need to do new things it's like we can't just like keep thinking like this was like the golden age these were like the best time and people who say that like Oh, like they like um criticizing you like they say like their fa- if they say their favorite is like wolf of wall street or whatever it is then you know that they don't know what they're talking about <laughs> and like most of those directors it's like they made the movies that they made were good for the time but they just can't exist in this world anymore like they can't they have to be appreciated in a different level because mm. they're from the past and it's like we can't really like compare it to mo- new movies we need to like make new things and sphere away from things that are you know what the things that are like all the guns and man you know you know trying to sad be intros- man intros- yeah, introspective trying to figure out himself um all those things it's so boring um and yeah that's yeah, there yeah. are other stories to tell i think something that is good i guess are these movies that are coming out or no tv shows that are coming out now that are kind of about women getting a gun and being ambivalent about having that gun i love like claws and good girls and i don't know yeah sure let's put atomic blonde in there mad max fury road (laughs) i love women with guns that's pretty much like if there's a woman with a gun on a show oh then i'm gonna watch it (laughs) (laughs) all right we're gonna wrap up but if you could give lala kent one book to read what would you what would you pick that's a good question. Uh, not the Fountainhead. Something really basic. Um, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't even know how to read. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I would give her. What's that book about decluttering that Marie Kondo one? Oh yeah, I don't remember. What it's I called. know, but I just feel like she would apply it so poorly. She would just start oh, talking about like whether or not this guy gives her life or this pasta gives her life, and if not, then like and cut him out. Yep, that's that's the one. <laughs> that would be so much fun to watch. She wouldn't understand it at all and just use all the lingo from it, but not know what it means. <laughs> that would be great. Or give her like a magical realist book that's like a metaphor for something and just see. I just would want to know what, just give her any book and see what she thinks it's about. <laughs> yes. Not read it just based on the cover because you know she didn't uh, read The Fountainhead. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, you know how... Um, Emma Roberts has her her book club, oh, like the books yeah, that she's reading. I would I would subscribe to an app of Lala Kent's book club where she like puts up <laughs> videos of like. What Can you she's imagine reading. if that was her brand? Uh, that, I would love that. It's called that like Lala perfect. Reads. Lala book. Reads. She can read. <laughs> she can read. <laughs> Um, Alyssa, where can people find you online? Um, on my um, Twitter, which is Alyssa Merwin. Um, <laughs> that's really basic and my instagram which is my pride and joy which is um 
it's Space Glam, which is like the iconic sci-fi movie Space Jam, if you remember, but glam. (laughs) (laughs) So it's Space Glam, because I love to be glamorous, and I love Space Jam. (laughs) I've never heard you explain it before. (laughs) I thought it was like a a David Bowie reference, because he was... Like an outer space glam rocker. Yep, it's Space Jam. Space Jam, but glam. I love it. Um, and I am on Bethy Squires on Instagram and Bethy BSQU on Twitter. And I still don't have social media for this podcast. But I recently started a lifestyle uh, like scam Instagram <laughs> called uh, Hollywood Every Day, Hollywood underscore Every Day. So please follow that so that I can get comped places. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>